0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of season 3 of the Wormburner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, we will be breaking down and looking at the history of the Asian Champions League for this week's competition breakdown, as well as the overall news of the week with the Burner News section of the Premier League is back. Yes! I'm so happy and excited with that, as well as the news coming out of Saudi Arabia with the latest moves and transfers, more specifically having to do with Neymar and the overall pros and cons about all of that, as well as just my thoughts over the Saudi Pro League as well. If you have not already, go ahead and check out our Twitter. It is at WormBurnerPDCST. Our tag on Twitter is at WormBurnerPDCST. If you have not checked out our Facebook, it is Facebook.com forward slash the burner Podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast in general, check out our website. It is the Dash burner Dash Podcast. Captivate dot FM again. That is the Dash burner Dash Podcast. Captivate dot FM to support this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and let's go ahead and get into it. All right. So before we get into the Asian Champions League breakdown, we- I am in the middle of also kind of watching on mute the Philadelphia Union versus Inter-Miami game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lionel Messi and, and Inter-Miami have broken down Philadelphia Union in less than 10 minutes, twice. I, I cannot be asked, honestly. <laughs> and Lionel Messi is making... It's it's gonna make the MLS look like uh, an under twelve <laughs> an under twelve competition. <laughs> I <laughs> oh my lord, this is absolutely ridiculous. Oh my, I I um I don't want to spend too much more time into this, but just the whole fact of I turned it over to the game and. It's just, ah, uh, it, uh, I, I, I watched the first one unfold. Thankfully, I watched the kickoff, but, but then I, I started replying on Twitter, and then all of a sudden it was two. I'm like, oh my word! So, um, they, that that game is probably wrapped. Um, I, I, I hope Philly have some good fight in them. It looks like they have some good chances at least, and. And uh, they they might be able to get one or two back. I hope, but l- like I had said in some of my posts, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to channel their inner Rocky when he when they fought Drago uh, or when he fought Drago. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but anyways, without further ado. Let's go ahead and get into the breakdown of the Asian Champions League. So the Asian Champions League has been a continental competition since 1967. So it has been around since uh, it has been around for 56 years. It was rebranded in 2002, which there was a whole bunch of different things going on with the Asian Champions League, more specifically some some countries leaving the Asian confederation as well as others coming in. So like for an example, Israel was actually a part of the Asian uh, the Asian confederation and more specifically the Asian champions league, uh, but then they ended up going towards the European side and ended up competing in the European champions league uh, as of now. And then also you're talking about the Australia side as well the Australian FA uh, was welcomed into the uh, African Champions League after they removed their bid from the Oceania uh, Federation more specifically the the Oceania Champions League which of course is still a competition but the Australian FA no longer competes uh, in that confederation obviously so you have all of those different changes when it comes to the Asian Champions League and more specifically the setup of how it was ran from the beginning to now so the Asian Champions League does do something that is very unique and interesting when it comes to when it comes to the Champions League setup and I wanted to highlight it because when it comes to the overall Champions League it's actually divided into East and West. And so I wonder if this has to do specifically with the fact that Asia is so large. And if you were to have it all clumped together with multiple different countries competing against, of course, multiple other countries, you have a ton of travel, have a ton of expenses, and separating it into East and West helps with that. And I can definitely understand that, and to help with the overall costs, that was actually one of the things that the more recent rebranding tried to focus on was the overall cost itself of the Champions League in Asia, and so I'm sure that that was brought up and, and having to do with the overall travel and the overall requirements needed to actually compete in the competition so the group stage was increased more recently so the group stage was actually expanded from 32 teams to 40 teams as of 2021 and then obviously you have the prelims ahead of them you have I believe it's three qualifying rounds similar to the European Champions League but uh, there is no playoff Uh, qualification round if that makes sense to get into the asian champions league so from there you have the setup of 10 group winners so you have east and west regions with five groups of four teams the top team automatically qualifies for the next round and the top three teams of each region so three from the east and three from the west complete the 16 teams needed to qualify for the next round. And so, uh, until the final, it's East versus West, and you get that final matchup. But another interesting rule that you don't see very much in other competitions or other continental competitions is the 3 plus 1 rule. And if you're similar or familiar with Football Manager, you will know what this rule is. But for those of you that don't know, the 3 plus 1 rule is the three foreign players that are allowed to play in matches, during matches, and then one Asian foreign player. So let's just say there's a Chinese team that has three foreign players, two from Brazil, one from Argentina. Let's just say random coincidence here. But you are allowed one Asian player, a one foreign Asian player, so you had been able to get a transfer from a South Korean player to, to China. And so from there, you're able to fill the three plus one rule having to do with the Asian champions league. Now they are talking about and are willing to expand it to five plus one. So you get a grand total of six foreign players uh, with one Asian foreign player and then five foreign players that are outside of the Asian confederation. So, it's a bit of a interesting rule to take into place and something that I don't think any other continental competition takes into account. Now, they are talking about rebranding it again and so we're talking about the 2024 to 2025 season and onward so this can definitely be a revamped episode later on down the road but the reason I bring up the reforming in the Asian Champions League is because of the fact each side is going to be much more competitive in the sense of 24 teams divided into east and west regions with each team playing eight other teams with their region four teams at home four teams away And the top eight teams per region qualify for the knockout round, which will make up the the round of 16. So it's a a different format in total, kind of like the way that they're doing it with the European Champions League. So in in all, you have this massive group instead of multiple independent groups. And so then the top so-and-so amount of teams qualify for the next round, automatically go to the round of 16 and the others qualify for the round of 32 or something something along those lines it it's it's a format much similar to that and they are talking about changing the overall name of the competition now uh, at least to the best of this information that i've found it's the Champions League Elite is the name of the new competition name but not entirely sure if that's going to be a concrete Definitive thing, but be sure to tell me in the comments of this episode on Twitter or on Facebook. Let me know that I definitely want to get back invested into these other into these other Champions League competitions in general. So I mean that's something that I always have wanted to do is to be able to understand and to be able to know how and in, in which other competitions work in what in what way, and so. Speaking of that, we have the Australian FA becoming a part of the Asian Champions League in 2007 for the first time. And then Israel was removed from the Asian Champions League in 1974. So all in all, that's the breakdown of the different countries that have been a part of it. Now, when it comes to the overall winners of the Asian Champions League, I wanted to <laughs> cap it at the number of teams that have won, won two or more titles, because if I was to do my typical top five teams that have won the Asian Champions League, I wish I was joking, guys. I would literally be naming every single team that have, that has won the Asian Champions League, <laughs> because with the whole fact of multiple teams getting one title, multiple teams getting two titles, you have a lot of tying in this sense. So we're talking about a ton of teams with two titles and a ton of teams with one title. So I'm just going to cap it at two titles. So every single team from here on out it has two champion Asian Champions League titles under their belt. The first one is Seongnam FC, which is from South Korea specifically. I hope I said that right. I know for a fact I'm probably going to butcher some of these names. So please apologize if I'm saying some of these wrong. And as well, put them in the comments how to say I'm right, because I'd greatly appreciate it, honestly, because I want to say these right. And I want to put these names with the proper respect that they need. But they ended up winning their first title in 1995, and their last one came in 2010. The next team is Dongbuk Hyundai Motors with their two titles coming in 2006 and 2016. You have the first and only Israeli team with two titles under their belt, which is Maccabee Tel Aviv with their first one in 1969 and their latest one in 1971. And unfortunately, they cannot win another one due to the fact that they are not in the Asian Champions League anymore. So the next team is Al Said with two titles under their belt, their first one in 1989, and their latest one in 2011. The next team is the Thai Farmers Bank, which is a team, I'll be 100% honest, I've never heard of, with back-to-back titles, the first one in 1994, and the latest one in 1995. The next team is the Suwon Blue Wings, with their two titles in 2001 and 2002, with back-to-back title reign for the Blue Wings. Then the next team is Ulsan Hyundai, which their first title came in 2012 and the latest one in 2020. You also have Guangzhou Evergrande with their first title in 2013 and the latest one in 2015. You also have El Idihad. Uh, hopefully I said that right with that, but their first one coming in in 2004 and the latest one in 2005, another back-to-back Champions League run for them. And then the last one, which I will be 100% honest, I saved last because I am probably going to absolutely butcher this name, is Esteghlal? It, it is a Persian golf Pro League team with... Their two titles coming in 1970 and in 1991. Now, there are two teams with three titles under their belt. The first team is the Pohong Steelers with three under their belt. The first one coming in 1997, the second one in 1998, and the latest one in 2009. And the second team with three titles under their belt is the urawa red diamonds with their first one coming in in 2007 their second in 2017 and their third one this latest rendition of the asian champions league in 2022 now the number one team with the most asian champions league titles is al Hilal, with four under their belt the first one coming in 1991 the second one in 2000, the third one in 2019, and the fourth one coming in 2021. That will wrap up the breakdown of the Asian Champions League and the history behind the Asian Champions League. I hope you guys enjoyed it for this week's episode of the Wormburner Podcast. Let's go ahead and get into this week's Wormburner News section with all that's been going on around the world. All right, so for this week's Wormburner News section... Uh, We'll be talking about the overall beginning of the English Premier League. I'm so excited. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Of course, Manchester City winning their opening match when it came to Burnley. So that was uh, definitely a big plus for me. But for me, I definitely think, and this is my personal point of view, that Newcastle are going to really be a, a team to watch this year. I don't know how good they're going to be they're going to be at the end of this year but Eddie Howe is is really whipping that team into unbelievable shape I think and especially with the acquisition of Tonali for the defensive mid position for that Newcastle side they are definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with it at least in my opinion going into this year Uh, i I would venture to say, and and this is saying something considering the fact of, of everything that's been going on, but at least by the way that they're shaping up this year, easy top four, at least for me. If they play the way that they are, and especially the way that they were able to wrap up last season being top four, I definitely think that Newcastle are in the top four for at least the next couple of years because, I mean, they wrapped up some unbelievable signings on top of last year's acquisitions that they had. This is just an unbelievable transfer window for them. And I definitely think that overall we could be looking at a different Newcastle side than than previous years. And I'm very excited for that potential of having another team in that top rung of competition in general to teams that that you got to watch out for I mean every team in the English Premier League has to you have to watch out for in general but I definitely think that Newcastle has a new threat about them that has not been there in recent years so, especially with that and the emergence of Chelsea having an unbelievable transfer window as well, getting a ton of young talent that they're able to grow in their academy as well as their first team. It's a very interesting proposal for Todd Boley to be going into this new year as well as, of course, Maurizio Pochettino heading the, the dugout as well. This is going to be a year, if everything works out the way that the signing could be, the signings could work out. I definitely think Chelsea could get top four as well. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about any other team. It seems like, of course, you have Manchester City, and I think that fourth team that's going to round out the top four is going to be Arsenal because Arsenal, to me, looks like it's going to be an unbelievable team as well. So I, I in my personal opinion, I think the top four in England is probably going to be Manchester City Arsenal. I would venture to say Newcastle third again, and then Chelsea in that final spot. I'm not convinced for any other side, especially Liverpool, because Liverpool was supposed to get some of the acquisitions that Chelsea, in in turn was really going after, and, and Chelsea was able to snap them up away from Liverpool. So Liverpool has come up empty-handed pretty badly this this transfer window, and I think that's going to hurt them this upcoming year, especially with the way that they finished last year. I'll be 100% honest as well, and, and this is probably a bold prediction talking about the overall English Premier League is that I definitely think that Klopp might be gone by the end of this year especially if Liverpool can't produce and with the possibility of Mohamed Salah leaving this year I mean or this summer even at the end of this transfer window this is this is a bad year for Liverpool this is a really bad year for Liverpool and if I'm not if I'm not mistaken I think uh Firmino is already left. So this is especially with the the signings that Liverpool were supposed to make versus what they actually got and now they're possibly even talking about losing Salah. This is not good. This is really not a good year for them. And I hope that they can turn it around for the sake of of them being at the top of the league cuz their attacking talent, at least for me, revolved a lot around Sané. And then now, with Sané gone, or not Sané, Mane, goodness, not Sané. I, I don't know why I said Sané. I'm thinking of his teammate at Bayern. Uh, but Mane, with Sadio Mane leaving Liverpool lineup, they were they were a good side. And I don't think Liverpool... Predicted how much of a drop in their offense they were going to have if Sadio Mane left, and then of course now he is in the Saudi Pro League, and it looks like his teammate, his former teammate at Liverpool, is going to be joining him as well. This is just it, it. It's a year to forget, I think, for Liverpool. This is not going to be a good year for them. And I'll be a hundred percent honest with all of you. I don't know if they're going to be finishing in the top eight this year. In the top eight. I don't think they're finishing in, in continental competition this year. Uh, it's it's going to be... This is going to be a bad... I think this is going to be a bad time for Liverpool. I, I, I hope maybe Klopp can turn it around. But at least with the transfers and the way that everything everything has been going so far, I would venture to say this is, this is not going to be good. But I'm so excited for this year's English Premier League to come about. Um, I'm hoping to get... A few things talking and going for you guys in the next coming episodes, having to do with Europe and and the leagues going on around around the around the world specifically, not center around just the MLS, but going on about one of our Asian Champions League countries, more specifically the Saudi Pro League. They have just confirmed the signing of Neymar and. I uh, just this is getting absolutely ridiculous at this point I'm there was a, a post that I had seen on Twitter and I I apologize I I what I, I had forgotten to write write down who had said it but at this point I'm not sure when the bubble's gonna pop that's what they said and I, I would agree with them honestly it's one of those things that uh, I, I really want to say I, this bubble might burst here soon. And um, this is going to be a, a telling time for the Saudi Pro League if if things don't work out. And But with that being said, I definitely think that the Asian Champions League is going to be much more competitive in the sense of it's probably going to be the West winning a lot of it. And more specifically, the Saudi Pro League is going to get a lot more competitive as well with the talent that they've been able to inherit over the this past season as well as since Cristiano Ronaldo joined the league it's interesting for me as an American that the way that the MLS has been working that maybe the league should be looking at something else in terms of rules since The Saudi Pro League has been able to do so much. It seems like some of the rules in the MLS might be hindering us in a way, and not specifically towards the League Cup and not really to bring up anything having to do with the LA FC head coach, uh, what his comments were. But I think in the long-term goals of competing against the world, maybe these rules are a little bit too tight for the MLS and the Saudi pro league has definitely been able to use what they have to their advantage and bringing in the world-class talent that they have for the fees and for a good salary for some of these players and to bring up what Ruben Neves had said that being able to go to the Saudi pro league and to be able to give his family what he has always been trying to give them it's, it's definitely a good and reasonable way to go into your career. I mean, whenever you have those situations, it is, it is a bit of a toss-up when it comes to what you truly want as a player. And Ruben Neves, you can't question that with him and wanting the best for his whole situation and his career. So, I mean, overall, this is definitely the best for the Saudi Pro League, obviously. And so from there, we can only see what the Saudi Pro League is going to do. And I think overall, we could definitely be looking at the rise of a, of a specific league. More specifically, I think over the next couple of years, we could definitely be seeing an increase in the Saudi Pro League as well as the MLS overall in stature and competition and the overall Level of competition and the level of players in each league. Hopefully, the MLS will be able to swing some more players. I know that if I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken, um, Brentford's Sharp just signed with the LA Galaxy as I, I believe it's going to be Chicharito's replacement. And so for now, and so it's going to be an interesting time for the MLS and the league in general. And I hope that. I wish everyone the best when it comes to the Saudi Pro League, and that's definitely something I'll be interested in looking into as well. Because I I have some subscriptions that cover the Asian Champions League, so I'll be watching that as well. But just like it, most of the other competitions around the world, I, I try to keep at least a, t- a, a toe in in the water when it comes to the other leagues and the other scenarios around the world. So. I'll be keeping my eye out on everything going on, I hope, and and if I miss it, I definitely look to you guys as well to keep me up to date with all of that because I genuinely enjoy this stuff, and, and that's something that I want to convey to all of you, and I hope you guys see it when it comes to this. I, I love football so much, and I want to be able to see all of this and see everything around the world, and I know it's crazy to think, but it's definitely something that I do enjoy, and seeing everything going on, it, it's just a, a highlight to my day, even whether it's good or bad, honestly. And I appreciate every single one of you for making it to the end of this episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times thank you for making it, like I said, to the end of this episode. If you have not already checked out our Twitter, it is at Wormburner PDCST. Our tag is Wormburner PDCST. If you have not checked out our Facebook, it is facebook.com forward slash the worm burner podcast. And if you have not checked out our website and see if you want to support the podcast itself, it is the dash one burner podcast.captivate.fm. Again, the website is the dash wormburner burner dash podcast.captivate.fm. Be sure and tune in to your favorite leagues, favorite teams going on around the world. Everything should be kicking back up this week. I'm so excited. You have absolutely no idea for the rest of the season. Stay safe. Have fun. Love soccer, everyone. And I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.